and welcome once again to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com. This is episode 86. Thank you very much, uh, our loyal listeners, for joining us today. And if you're a new listener, then welcome. It's going to be a bit of a quieter episode today. It's been uh, a little while because first I want to welcome back, who's someone who hasn't been on the podcast for a little while, uh, one and only Chris. Hello. Hey, Chris. (laughs) I'm back. It's been a little while. You were down and out with uh, some kind of cold bug, were, were you not? I, I had a cold, and then I had like a, a throat thing, and it was not very much fun. But yeah. but I'm I'm I've still got a bit of a cold, but I'm here, and I'm happy to be talking about animation, uh, with you and to our lovely listeners, our, our amazingly sophisticated and intelligent and attractive listeners. So <laughs> there we are. Yes, thank you very much. It will be. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to keep it a lighter episode today since uh, we're not feeling 100%. But we're, we, there is, fortunately, there is a lot of news to talk for us to talk about. And uh, yeah, even some stuff in the water cooler since one of the, one of the, at least one of the things that helps being sick a little good is that you ha- have the time to watch a lot of stuff. So, so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll probably just go from our news section and we'll just go straight into the water cooler after that. And then we will pick up next episode with probably one of our main topic episodes and we'll make sure to keep our listeners and readers in the know of what that will be so let's get started right away first things first lots of new trailers coming down the line that we were eager to talk about um all right let's get started with our very first news story we're going to kick things off with a uh update on a new trailer coming out of netflix for a new netflix comedy known as big mouth and I believe it's uh, the folks in, involved in this show are uh, Nick Kroll from The League, Andrew Goldberg from uh, involved with Family Guy and American Dad, Mark Levine and Jennifer Flackett. Uh, so lots of uh, interesting comedy talent. And if I recall correctly, this trailer is for a adult comedy basically about puberty. Yeah, and I am. Um, <laughs> I had when I wrote the story up, I had adult in like <laughs> adult uh, comedy like in in quotation marks and I was like oh no that's too sarcastic I should take it out but I did I left it in so mm-hmm. um yeah it's one of those adult comedies it's like oh let's do lots of swears and sex jokes and stuff and mm-hmm. uh yeah it's about uh, like young teenagers going through puberty but the sort of gimmick thing is that there are the in a way like inside out type thing where the uh like puberty is represented by monsters uh like who are manifestations of mm-hmm. hormone monsters they're called um yeah like the monsters in the closet or under the mm. bed it's like oh guess what you know it's like you know sexual and you know whatever yeah <laughs> Uh, it's got quite a lot of famous comedians doing voices as well, as well as Nick Kroll. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like uh, Maya Rudolph, Jordan Peele, and Jenny Slate, and Jordan and the anima- among them. Yes, yeah. and mm. the animation comes from Titmouse Animation, who've done a fair few other adult animated shows, but the animation style isn't that appealing, I don't think, really. But <laughs> It's it's I'm, I'm noticing a lot of really like emphasis on just making the heads as big as possible. 
Like, almost, mm-hmm. I think, with one of the characters, I think one of the female redhead characters that they show in the trailer, it looks like her head is just, like, way disproportionate to her body. I almost feel like, like, with a lot of adult... I'm doing the quotation <laughs> marks with my hands again. Animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, American adult animation, that is. People feel like they need to make it look ugly to sort of stop it to appeal stop it to from appealing to children or something <laughs> i don't know if it's there's anything in that or if it's just they think it looks good but yeah it, it stands out for sure it, it definitely um looks like it in terms of the fact that you have people who were working on uh family guy and american dad definitely i can see some of the similarities in that uh particular style to this this is at least in terms of the way it looks yeah, it's coming to Netflix on September 29th. Ten episodes, half hour each. Yeah, it's and definitely not, like, I wouldn't say it's terrible. Like, I wouldn't say none of, like, absolutely none of the jokes uh, take off or didn't at least make me chuckle a little bit. But it really, will, I think, will come down to personal taste. So if you like, you know, shows like Family Guy, American Dad, you know, more of the, uh, you, know, you know, adult, quote-unquote adult, uh, animated shows that have come out in previous years, then yeah, then this will appeal to appeal to those people. Mm-hmm. And it's basically when when they're they're on Netflix, they just show up on Netflix, and you can give things a try. If it's for mm-hmm. you, it is. If it isn't, then you just don't watch it anymore. <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> just like mm, I gave it a try, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But interesting right. to see Netflix put in more more investment in adult animation however it turns out <laughs> <laughs> yep yep at least the interest is there uh, going to another trailer that came out relatively recently um, uh, Pixar recently put out another trailer for uh, the upcoming uh, their upcoming film Coco so we're getting a bit more of a uh, few more scenes of the, the plot of the movie we already got an idea of what this story was going to be about um, from some of the previous trailers, but we're getting some more idea of the humor and getting to see more uh, images of the setting and then just kind of elaborating more on some of the details of the story that uh, was kind of hinted at in the previous trailers. And I'm still liking what I'm seeing from this in terms of, you know, the dynamic and the journey that the character is going to be, our main protagonist is going to be going on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the, I haven't... I'm not one of these people who've been skeptical about it all along anyway. I've I'm... I've been intrigued from what I've seen from the beginning, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I know, it, you know, there's always been the slight controversy around it where people are um, comparing it to Book of Life or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the fact that, you know, it's not... It's being, you know, originally... The, the original director is not of... Mexican extraction, even though um, they've got a co-director who is uh, of, of of Latino background, anyway. Uh, mm. So I, f- you know, that's another contentious issue. But I think from everything I've seen, it looks like uh, interesting to me uh, visually, and uh, it looks different enough from Book of Life for. <laughs> to justify its existence to me and it's got um yeah. you know like i've said before it kind of reminds me more of spirited away than book of life really <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, because I think it seems like they're they're kind of going that route in terms of, well, I mean, with the, in Book of Life, the character was quote-unquote dead, and it was trying to win back to be able to come back to life, so that was more of like, you know, he was supposed to belong there, whereas the boy here is more of an outsider. You know, and if the longer he stays there, the, you know, the more, you know, so it's a race against time to find what he's looking for before it's too late. That whole setup is kind of like spirited away with um, Sen being uh, ending up in the spirit world and she has to find her name or she's going to be stuck there forever. It is. Exactly. There are yeah. a lot of similarities, yeah. So that is really cool. And I have to, I have to point something out because um, I've only really just now noticed the you know the third time that I've watched one of these trailers for the Book of Life, um, I'm looking at the dog, his mm-hmm. dog that um comes that's going to be coming with him um on his little on his journey through the spirit world, um or the afterlife, and I'm looking at that face, that really dopey dog face, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why am I thinking of a sea lion from <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finding Dory? That that one that one just like that sea lion that doesn't say anything that this just wants to get up on the rock oh what's his name I can't remember Gerald Gerald, Gerald. of course Gerald <laughs> he oh, looks Gerald. so much like Gerald it's amazing <laughs> like okay you know what I'm I'm fine with having this this, this dog character if it's just going to be kind of like that because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was funny he's, he's the breakout star we can already tell <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, it's like it's it's definitely got, uh, developing a has a unique identity to the film, and I believe it's still coming out in Thanksgiving in America. It in America. Has, and once the UK release, it was December, but it seems to now be January, uh, January nineteenth, twenty eighteen. What? So, which is a little annoying, but it did occur to me it might be something to do with the fact that there's. A little film coming out sometime in December that might make quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Isn't it, isn't it from a galaxy far, far, far away? Far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very good point. It's you. You got to know at least when you're trying to get your film released. It's like, okay, what what other films are you going to be competing against for screen time? It's like, oh, eh, Star Wars. That little thing called Star Wars <laughs> probably shouldn't shouldn't try to come out the same time as that mm-hmm. and they've they've released other Disney films like in the UK in like January and stuff so okay, it's, it's been done before and it must have worked out alright for them <laughs> good. good but it could be a lot worse they could have what they used to do quite a lot is that they would wait for a, like a school holiday time so mm-hmm. like the earliest that would be would probably be like February okay so that January is not too bad. <laughs> I can live with that. Yeah. So January next year in the UK going to be good. That an early man. Oh gosh, yeah, early man. Come, oh gosh, I think are you? Aren't you guys getting that before we do? Of can course, you, yes. Gosh darn it! It's Ardman. We have to have Ardman first. Yep, yep. We got to get the Ardman in there. Ah. Oh. Ugh, I'll I'll have to wait. Uh, that's where I'm gonna have to learn to be patient. Ah, it's like I'll not, wa- I'll watch Coco while I'm waiting for Hardman. But it's not too bad February for for the US release of uh, um, Early Man. It's not like because I think there was there was a huge wait for Shaun of Sheep. 
So yeah, that's one. I think that's one of the reasons I missed it because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure when it was coming out, and then all of a sudden, boom, there it was, and it left theaters almost instantly. And I'm like, no, come back. So early man, yeah, it's February in the US. So okay. All right, well, we're going to do one last trailer for the news before we get into a couple other stories. Um, one is of another Netflix series that is uh, going, to become, uh, going to be coming out, I'm thinking, in the near future. Uh, I think it's a, later in this, actually later this month, mm. uh, September 22nd, I believe, um, starring Jaden Smith, and it's a little show called Neo Yokio. Um... I originally hoped to have a plot summary of this series uh, coming out that I could give to the uh, our, our listeners so you can get a semblance of what this is. But, but to, be perfectly honest, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I've watched the trailer, I'm, I'm watch, you know, I've watched it at least twice now, and I'm still not entirely sure what I'm, what I'm seeing here. It's very um, in, uh, Japanese animation inspired for sure. With in terms of the character designs and the absolute insanity, which I can call the narrative, for what I can make of the narrative. Um, but yeah, I have no idea. I, you know, something about a girl being possessed, lots of occult stuff going on, um, giant robot mecha person, like, I'm not entirely sure... I, I'm like I'm still trying to put it together, and I, I apologize to our listeners this this is really bad listening. But I just I I don't know. All I can really say is um, we will leave a link to this trailer in the show notes and uh, try to come to your own conclusions because I have no idea. It is uh, it, this is a show that is it's being called an anime. It's one of these things they're calling it an anime, but it it isn't. It's not. It's, it's an American made or well, it's. Like American written and acted and everything, but the animation is done apparently partly by Production IG, but I think it's Production IG's US uh, arm rather than the Japanese arm. And Studio Dean, who are another anime company, but apparently most of the animation is done by a South Korean studio. I don't know if it's pronounced Moi or Moi, but it's M O I. And it's created by Ezra Koenig, who's the lead singer of the the indie band Vampire Weekend. Okay. And it features the voices of Jalen Smith, Jude Law playing like a robot butler. Um, oh, so that was Jude Law. Okay, yeah. for a second. I'm like, I wasn't sure if I recognized that voice coming out of that robot or not. I'm like, wait, is that who I think it is? No, it can't be. He would, ne- he, he would never. Like, I'm, but again, I have... Uh... I don't know what to make of this because this seems to be circumventing any and all expectations I might have. This this is the normal reaction to watching this trailer, to be honest. Uh, Susan <laughs> Sarandon, Stephen Fry, it, Stephen Fry's in the trailer, and it's that, that what's Stephen Fry doing it? And uh, what Rich, Richard Ayoade, who's not in the trailer, but he's awesome. Um, it it seems to be parodying a lot of anime tropes and everything, but oh yes, like ev- almost everyone I can think of. I didn't that, like comes to mind. I didn't find the trailer very funny, apart from the whole WTF did I just watch factor and the <laughs> something I saw online quite a lot when it came out is people were comparing the the uh, character design to have you ever seen those uh, how to draw manga 
books that yes, by Christopher yes. Hart, who I don't know what his credentials are to try and claim that he can draw a manga because not based on the pictures that he draws. <laughs> People are like, this is how to draw a manga, the series, which seems very harsh. But supposedly this started life as one of... Um, it was going to be on um, Fox's a, uh, is it animation domination high def or ADHD block uh, that was on Fox mm. and got uh, cancelled. Um, they th- oh. they showed stuff like uh, Axe Cop and there was one set in a high school, but I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, that makes sense to me because I can sort of see this as like ten minute episodes or something. But if if this is like half hour episodes, I don't really know how it's gonna turn out. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, obviously Netflix, so they'll probably just release a whole bunch of episodes. So if people want to try and check it out, they'll probably you know be able to see episode after episode after episode. But yeah, I gotta. I'm looking at the animation and I like. These almost look like the and you know, nothing against the people who are working on this. I mean, obviously it's you know level of quality did will vary depending on what studio is you know what kind of work that they're putting into it. But like I don't know, like there's something that's really rubbing me the wrong way. I don't know if it's just because it's probably just personal taste just getting in the way, or just the fact that you know you can forgive a show not you know maybe appealing to you visually if at least the narrative is good. I've seen that plenty happen a lot with a lot of different shows, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not digging this narrative. I because I have, like I said, I have no concept of what this is even about. Well, there was a synopsis. I read the synopsis, but it didn't help. Okay, please uh, help. Maybe that'll help me kind of get a handle on things. Yeah, it's, it's the best I can really describe it is just kind of like a hodgepodge or just like a. I wouldn't would even say, like, a potpourri of just, like, all these different things of what people, you know, think consists in anime. You, like, you've got to have your giant robot. you got to have your crazy superpowers. you got to have, you know, race cars and crazy visuals and, you know, lots of still shots of characters just talking, you know, with the, the lip flap, you know, the lips moving with not too much animation besides that. You know, over-exaggerated expressions. And it just, it feels very, like, it, for this, again, this is just my personal take on, like, first gut reaction from seeing this trailer. It feels very yeah. hollow. I've got the synopsis, if you want to hear, it's quite long, so maybe you don't want to do all of it, but, um. Okay, well, try your best Reader's Digest version. Welcome to Neo Yokio, the greatest city in the world. It's the most populous urban agglom- agglomeration in North America, but its prestige does not merely stem from its size. Neo Yokio is a diverse labyrinth of cultural and architectural innovation at the forefront of global fashion and finance. Okay. Um, all of this is cold comfort to the lovesick Kaz Khan, Jaden Smith, the youngest member of a family of magistocrats. Pink haired demon slayers who once liberated the city. Today, his demon slaying is barely more than a side hustle, coordinated by his aunt Agatha, Susan Sarandon. Kaz himself would rather concern himself. Kaz, that's not very good English. Kaz himself would rather concern no. himself. Bad form, Netflix. Wow. Kaz himself would 
rather concerned himself sick yeah not good uh, with shopping field hockey and of course mending his broken heart always bike has his side are his faithful mecca butler Charles Jude Law and his inseparable friends Lexi and Gottlieb as he navigates the complexities of life in Neo Yokio and tries to stay one step ahead of his arch rival Neo Yokio's number one most eligible bachelor Archelangio Corelli Jason Schwartzman these names mm. what's with these names things take a mysterious turn when Kaz is drawn into the turbulent world of ex-fashion blogger Helena Tessirio setting in motion a sequence of events that force him to question everything he knows about Neo Yokio see didn't help did it <laughs> still, still no it's about. not at all like that oh it's it's about way too mm. much. It's way too much at once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I have never felt this confused about an animated property or an animated series, film, what have you, since um, Tom and Jerry meets Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I'm not lying. This I am just... It's just such a clash of so many different things at once, and it's just... To the point the brain no longer knows how to process it. And even trying to have the synopsis, the bad, the badly written synopsis does not help. I don't know. Ugh. Maybe it will secretly be genius and we'll all be surprised, but... You know what? Because if, if this, this is all like the a big, huge, like, just spoof parody of, of you know, just these all these really outrageous, like, Japanese animation tropes... Mm. Fine, yeah. I'll, if this is all meant to be a like a commentary, just like just completely like you know, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, like tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just you know, just meant to be a joke more than actually be taken seriously. If that's the case, then hell yes, this this will be so out there that I would be up for watching it. But for some reason, at least from the synopsis, I don't think. That's uh, that's what they're trying to go for. But I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. And you know what? I hope I am. Because I really don't want to think that it's like they can take this seriously. Because I don't think you can. <laughs> well, September 22nd, we will find out. There we go. Yes, certainly we shall. Okay, so we'll move on from the trailers. There are a few other stories that are down the line. Um, one of which involves a property uh, that I know Chris is very very much talked about a lot on the podcast and on the website, and that would be upcoming uh, film Moomin Valley. Yes, Moomin Valley. Uh, back in uh, about March... Uh, we reported on them doing a, a crowdfunding campaign. I think it was Indiegogo uh, to do a new animated series based on the Moomin characters, who are uh, some very popular characters created by a a Finnish creator called Tove Jansson uh, way back in like the 1940s. But um, they they've been popular ever since and there's been a bunch of um animated tv series based on it um including uh, a japanese one in the early 90s uh, that showed on bbc and at the time and it was later shown on boomerang i think and i don't know if it was shown in america 
um, might have been. And they also did a recent film called Moomins on the Riviera, which was a French film, and that was a very nice piece of 2D animation that I think I talked about after I watched as well. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, But they are doing a brand new TV series uh, that will be hitting... uh, in 2019 uh two series of 13 episodes and they've um they basically got a really good team of people uh, behind the scenes including steve box who is a veteran of aardman animation um and he uh worked uh, he's worked on things like curse the were-rabbit uh he's going to be directing the series um and it's going to be written by the emmy award-winning duo of mark huckabee and nick osler uh who have who have mm-hmm. written a whole bunch of things. One of them's written on Danger Mouse, at least, the recent version of Danger Mouse. Oh, cool. Uh, That's and excellent. also Thunderbirds I'll Go, they've written on with new series. Um, and they've also mm-hmm. written... I think they've also... I uh, don't know if they wrote it together, but they've also done novels and stuff as well. And as I said, they've, they've won Very Emmys. Good. And um, But they've also this week announced the the cast or the English language cast at least because presumably there will also be like a original language version um this is because it's an okay. international co-production um but it's the English language cast that we're going to talk about uh Taron Egerton who uh is the hey. star of Kingsman and the upcoming Kingsman the Gold Circle and also has done voice work before appearing in Sing most recently. He's going to be Moomin Troll, who's the main character, um, also just known as Moomin. Yeah, awesome. Um, a actress by the name of Akia Henry, who uh, is uh, done a lot of voice work, including um, she's one of the voices in my three-year-old nephew's favourite show, Bing. Uh, uh, she's going to play Snort Maiden, who is uh, Moomin's girlfriend. Um, and uh, Matt Berry is going to be playing uh, Moomin Papa, who's Moomin's dad. And that is the casting that I'm most excited about because Matt Berry has an amazing voice. Uh, he is he has <laughs> been in he's uh, best known for the IT crowd. Um, uh, he plays the boss in in uh, the latest series, the IT crowd. And he's also been in okay. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, another British comedy, and. Uh, I've also been enjoying his comedy series Toast of London on um, on Netflix recently, which is just it's a very funny series, basically, because his performance is amazing and he's got this hilarious voice. And it's one of these castings that like you wouldn't have thought of it, but when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, that, like, the, yeah, it's kind of like um, the whole... Uh, gosh, what am I saying? The... Um, uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne Batman. Like you didn't, th- you wouldn't think mm-hmm. it would work, but when it does, it really does. And Rosamund Pike is going to play Moomin Mama, who is Moomin's mum, obviously. And Warwick <laughs> Davis, out of Star Wars and Harry Potter and yes. Life's Too Short, uh, is going to play Sniff, who is described as Moomin's adopted brother, but he is a, he's like a, he's like a, um, kind of like a. Bit like a kangaroo sort of thing with big ears, and because uh, 
basically all Aww. the characters they're not human characters in case you don't know uh, Mo- the Moomin family mm-hmm. are kind of they look a bit like hippos they're like big white cuddly things um, and there's also other other creatures uh, and there's a character called the Muskrat who's going to be played by uh, someone called Will, Sm- Will Self who's not actually an actor <laughs> he's a he was known as a writer originally but he's sort of like become a tv personality he's got he's got a very particular sort of reputation as, as a bit of a sort of snooty guy uh and you can sort of it uh most obviously people outside the uk won't know who he is but it it i think he he would actually be quite good at <laughs> doing voice acting of a certain type of character um which presumably yeah. is what that is and richard iwadi yeah again uh, it's going to be in it uh, playing a ghost called the ghost and last but not least the uh, multiple Oscar winning actress Kate Winslet will appear as a character called Mrs. Philly Jonk oh my so goodness go. that is a star studded cast if I have ever and heard it a couple of the other major roles are yet to be announced because uh, there's a character called Snufkin and a character called Little Mai who are very uh, important to the series and they haven't been announced yet but they will be. Oh, they're probably. Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably. Those are probably going to be the biggest surprises if they're holding on to those for so long. Mm-hmm. And especially when you've already got such a uh, huge group already uh, lined up to play all these other characters. And they also released some new concept art, and it's really, really lovely. <laughs> yeah, I think I was taking a look at some of that. Like even the the um some of the promotional art that we had when uh, I believe the the crowdfunding mm-hmm. was happening they were kind of uh, putting out some images to kind of give us a look at what the style is good though the trial you know the style that they're trying to go for and it was very beautiful like almost like something you could like pick up and frame on your wall just like that level of charming it's gonna be a mix of 2d and 3d animation like with uh like 3d characters in in like 2d effect backgrounds i think um oh that's fascinating so yeah and it's it's gonna come out in 2019 so very good. So a little, little longer to wait, but uh, I'm sure as we get closer to the time that of its release, that they'll start putting out some more information and, and release information and maybe even some mm-hmm. footage as we get closer. Yes. So we'll be keeping an eye on this one. Mm, for sure. And I do believe there's also a um, in regards to uh, Japanese animation news for the UK. I also believe that there are uh, three films that are going to be coming out in the relative future, um, Blu-ray releases specifically, for some very famous anime films uh, Steam Boy Paprika and Cowboy Bebop yep. uh, Manga UK have announced a a basically three films that ha- that are basically by three of the biggest names in in anime namely Satoshi oh, yes. Kon uh Hero Otomo and uh Shinichi Watanabe um and two of them have never been re- available on Blu-ray in the UK before uh Paprika was uh but this is a a fresh uh Blu-ray and also it's Blu-ray and DVD combination pack that wasn't available before um and mm-hmm. Steam Boy and Cowboy Bebop the movie have never been available on in HD in the UK, and they they all look like they're mm-hmm. nice packaging edition 
and um, these are all coming out pretty soon. They're all coming out in October. So. Oh yeah. Uh, I think October 9th for um, Cowboy Bebop the movie. Um, Steam Boy will be coming October 16th, and then Paprika will be uh, finishing the lineup on October 23rd. I was just recently thinking how annoying it was Cowboy Bebop the movie wasn't out on Blu-ray because I did an <laughs> I did an article on um, basically movie spin-offs of TV anime or animated series, and that mm-hmm. was one of the ones I featured, and I was like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to see it in HD though, and then what do you know? And there it is. It, it's it's like it knew. It's like it, they knew exactly what you were looking for. And it's like, oh hey, here it is. Mm-hmm. That is pretty freaking cool. Being able to get to see those movies in Blu-ray. They also released. At, I mean, announced at pretty much the same time that they are releasing. Uh, I, I think it is the original fifty-two episodes of the original Pokemon series uh, in a Blu-ray and DVD box set for the first time in the UK. Are you kidding me? I what? am not. Holy moly! The, like, the original, like, the original seasons of the Indigo League. Yes, the, the Indigo Pokemon League, that's what it's called. I, oh my god! I saw, to be honest, I heard Indigo League and it didn't mean anything to me. I was thinking, okay, what's that? And then, but then I saw <laughs> something say it was the original... I was like, oh, well, those are the ones I've I've actually seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the, those were the initial like you know following the original course of the first game. You know, we're going from the all like all the Kanto region stuff before they started going around the Pokemon world and all their random all the these new and exotic locations. Um. Yeah. Pokemon Inga Indigo League will be coming to the UK on the thirtieth of October. Uh, they're releasing it both on DVD and for the very first time on Blu-ray although you know a series from like what like 99 or something I don't know how how great the uh, quality is going to be goodness I think it was when how old is that now because I know that that basically was supposed to have like I know Pokemon had their big anniversary a little while ago so then I think the, it was just the year after that they did the anime I believe because I think it's like Pokemon just caught fire mm-hmm. that quickly to when they had to get the anime ready and then boom there it was. But yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a while, quite a few years, but I would dare say like there's the lot there are quite a few episodes of the original Pokemon. I mean, obviously not ev- not every episode is a gem, but uh there are a few that's got, you know, got some pretty good animation in it and especially like the first couple. Like um, I think remember what's like a couple episodes that stood out to me, but um, maybe we'll have to save that for when we maybe if we ever wanted to have, actually have a like anime Pokemon anime because I know uh, Dan and I already previously covered the Pokemon uh, franchise in mm-hmm. general on uh, one of our other uh, episodes of the podcast, which you can find in our uh, episode list. Um, so we went to talk. We talked a bit more about the franchise in general, but I don't think we've ever had an opportunity to really discuss the anime specifically because that's that's got it's pretty much its own kind of uh fan base mm-hmm. so maybe maybe one day maybe one day if anyone out there is interested be sure to send us a message on social media and express your interest and we will we will consider it okay yeah episode that, one that's some interesting news one to episode one to 52 there we go and it's the first time the the original season has been available in a single set in the uk so that is that is really cool. 
And all these uh, DVDs and Blu-rays are available to pre-order through your favourite retailer. Uh, but we will stick the the links in the show notes because you can always use the links to Amazon uh, and uh, use our affiliate links and help us out if you want. If you're going to order it anyway, I don't know. You know. <laughs> um. Why bother looking around, just logging on and bo- looking around? Well, we've got the the handy-dandy link right mm-hmm. there for you. Right there, right below this, where you're listening to it. <laughs> if you're listening to it on the website, that is. <laughs> All right. Well, that was really cool. Um, but there's one, uh, one last really super cool announcement or uh, news story we want to talk about before we move on to the water cooler. Something that got me really super excited because I had no idea this was coming. Um they are planning on releasing a uh, sequel to the Ridley Scott uh, 1982 sci-fi classic Blade uh, sci-fi classic Blade Runner. That yes, that Blade Runner. Um, that while that film is getting ready to release sometime in the very near future, um, a certain uh, famous anime director has been tasked with making a short film, an animated short film that will take place between the original film and this new sequel. And that director is the one, the only, Shinichiro Watanabe, a.k.a. of Cow Bebop and Samurai Champloo fame. Ooh, and he's both mentioned. writing and directing. Yeah, we, we, just, we were just talking about him, and apparently this is what he's been currently working on. A uh, short film called Blade Runner Blackout 2022. Yeah. This is very exciting. And... Again, um, they have put out some promotional a promotional video in regards to this particular um, short film, but it's very interesting considering how supposedly it'll be getting its release on YouTube um, September 26th. This uh, particular promotional video is a, um, not really too heavy in the details of the actual animation. It's uh, getting a lot of shots of the original film, uh, Blade Runner, along with some... Uh, images of character designs and some early animatics. But in terms of what the film is actually going to look like, it looks like they're being very quiet about it. So that's probably going to lower the boom when uh, they do put it up on YouTube as promised and we actually get the chance to see firsthand, you know, the full film and just kind of just really take that all in. So I have to say that's pretty smart marketing, especially since this is supposed to help cross-promote the new movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is really cool. This is uh, it reminds you a bit of like when the they brought out the Matrix sequels and they did the Animatrix. Uh, oh yeah, very thing. much. Uh, those a lot of those different things like the both Animatrix and I remember they did the something similar for uh, Batman too mm-hmm. between like the Dark Knight. Yeah, Gotham and, Knight and uh, Batman Begins. Gotham Knight. Oh, that I really liked those kind of movies where you have just a bunch of. You know, not, you know, different animators and uh, animation directors all doing shorts based on a film or a film franchise. Oh, imagine a really whole... good way to get the hype up. Imagine if they did a whole anthology of Blade Runner shorts and, and got all different anime directors to do it. Like that would be wild. That would be great. Like I might have, like Shinichiro Watanabe, given his experience with both Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, I mean, he seems like a given. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick for a story of this nature in this setting. 
given his previous work. So I'll, that 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 alone's got me excited. But yeah, no, you mentioned that. Like, if you could imagine any of the other like really like top tier anime directors and be just like, hey, or even just like regular you know animation, uh, like big animation directors, like, hey, when you want to do a short based on the Blade Runner, you know, just take this and go, and then let's see what you all come up with. Would be really amazing. <laughs> And it's a really great fit because obviously Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, was influenced a lot by Japanese culture, and mm-hmm. and then a lot of anime that came out after it was influenced by Blade Runner. So exactly, it was a, it's it's a little circle, circle of circle of animation, mm-hmm. circle of uh, it's 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 so awesome. I love it when stuff comes full circle like that. So even if it did turn out that the sequel wasn't any good, at least we get this out of it. Oh heck yes! But I'm. But I'm. I don't know. I'm still. I'm, I'm still crossing crossing the old fingers that Blade Runner. Even if it's, I'm not entirely sure if it can it can come to the same area as the original was because that's that's a pretty tall order to meet. But if it's still entertaining in its own right, then that's worth it. Well, it's a very talented director doing the the movie, Denis Villeneuve, who uh, mm-hmm. directed. Uh, Arrival, which I rewatched recently, and that was a very ah. fantastic film. So, I'm I I do have some faith in it. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. But as I said, we'll have to wait and see when the movie comes out. At least we got this. So even if it wasn't any good, <laughs> yes, indeed, it'll be. It'll. I'm very eager to see both. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that. Um, like I said, the short film is going to be supposedly released on YouTube September 26th, so not too long from now. Mm-hmm. And um, the film itself, uh, Blade Runner 2049, which is the sequel to the original Blade Runner, will be released in both the US and the UK on October 5th, 2017. So keep an eye out for both of those movies. Yeah. And that about wraps us up for news, so um, we're just going to go right along to the water cooler and... Uh, talk about some of the stuff that we've had the opportunity to either see, watch, or, you know, watch or play. Um, Chris, since you've, it's been a while, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've seen recently? Since I've, I've already talked my ear off to the to our loyal mm-hmm. listeners in our last episode, so why don't, why don't we catch up with what's been going on with you? Yeah, as I said, I've watched quite a lot of stuff uh, because I was pretty much, like, moving between the sofa and my bed for quite a while and only just watching things most of the time uh a lot of stuff on netflix and uh, and things like that uh so i i um but i did get the chance to watch some things that's worth mentioning um even that period or afterwards uh one thing i did rewatch for the first time since it came out in the cinema was a little film by the net by well known in the UK as Zootopia no Zootropolis got it mixed up wrong way it's okay it's alright we've had had this discussion yeah yeah, Zootropolis aka Zootopia Um, (laughs) which I haven't seen since uh, I saw it in the cinema when it came out last year and I watched the I watched the Blu-ray for the first time and um, it was it was great to see it again and I was, I was intrigued because that's obviously the animated film that won most of the awards uh, this season. Uh, and you may know if you've been keeping up uh, and listening a lot 
that my personal pick was Moana for most for my mm-hmm. favourite Disney movie that came out last year. I was a major fan of that. Um, so I was intrigued to go back um, to watch this. Just um, just as a um, contrast, I have seen Moana about four or five times <laughs> since since uh, that came out, and I've only mm-hmm. just I've only just gone back to uh, Zootopia slash Zootropolis. But I do really love it. <laughs> I just want to say, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've also got the art book of it, and uh, I just love the. Uh, the world it's created in and all the the uh, basically if you like um fairy well not fairy if you, if you like i don't want to say that word <laughs> yeah no if if you like um basically talking animals and jokes based around talking animals and uh like little cute animal societies and everything it is basically the high point of that kind of thing it is the mm-hmm. ultimate in that and it is brought to life so well and uh just like the city that it takes place in you just yeah. want to go there and you you think i just do a computer game where i can go and be in it or a virtual reality thing i want i want to go there and look at all the cute fuzzy animals doing and i, I want to look at the, the little hamsters in their business suits and it's amazing lemmings yeah. and there's just if one goes one way they all start to follow (laughs) yeah Um, so in a way I kind of feel like when the actual plot happens I'm I'm a bit less interested in that because I I just want I just want to tour around the city and look at all the funny things (laughs) kind of and I know that's that's not how things work and and you know it's it's a perfectly decent plot and everything and it's all entertaining it's just when it actually kicks off it's like that's slightly less interesting to me than the actual just the whole thing it's set in and mm-hmm. well I, I get what you mean because it's I mean it, the fact that that really pulls you in that is a huge huge you know uh, you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for just like that speaks a lot to the to the folks who put so much mm-hmm. work in developing every nook and cranny of this city to make sure that it feels as authentic as it can, mm-hmm. you know, given the fact that this is a movie about anthropomorphic animals and in an anthropomorphic society, uh, mod- modeling our own, but also very much unique in its own way in the fact that it's like, okay, what if humanity didn't exist? And if it was just animals, you know, different animal species evolving to the point where we are today. And it was, it's a very creative idea. And the, the, the level of detail which they took it is fantastic. And the fact, you know, you can tell. Obviously, you definitely can with how much you're more fascinated about, you know, in that than the actual, you know, once you get to the um, mystery of the, you know, that's supposed to be taking place since the central pl- plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, no, it's, that's a great, that's a great compliment to the film itself. The fact that, you know, all the work that they put into that, you know, those details is not left unnoticed. And, I mean, if anyone out there who's had the opportunity to read, you know, chance to get the art book and read it, I mean, you'll you'll get to look at this too. But yeah, it's a lot of the stuff. You know, it's amazing how much stuff that they were able to cram into this movie. But there's still so much that they weren't any, they weren't able to use because they had to change the direction and uh, focus of the film. So if you're curious at all, like you know, a bit more of the film's history, definitely please invest in the art book because it is it has so much good stuff in it and really kind of one of the main reasons I love the movie 
myself, and even slightly more than Moana, mm-hmm. is because the fact that there is still so much more to unpack with this narrative and this world, and like there's still so many possibilities of exploration. Whereas Moana, well, is it? A, it's a, oh, Moana is a solid story and still also has a very interesting uh, world and narrative. But just there's just so much more. There's so much more detail in Zootopia that like I still like I could feasibly see two things. You know, one one's a solid you know complete story, and another's like okay, we can do more so much more with this. Uh, and, and something I noticed in the second second watch that I really appreciated, uh, like in terms of character animation, is how they made it made. Um, they really let you see uh, the Judy. The way they showed that Judy Hopps is a lady rabbit without um, basically resorting to uh, like stereotypical, you know, you know, like oh. in cartoons where they're like, "Well, this is a lady, whatever animal, so let's give it boobs and big red lips and um, and." Uh, yeah, I'd really emphasising certain um, aspects. Yeah, I know. I'm, as we, believe me, I'm very As we aware. know, only ladies have lips and eyelashes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As we all know from animation. Um, but, like, they do, like, just, like... Well, they, they do this really cool thing, like, with her ears. Like, where she has her her ears like hair, basically. And they, like... Yeah, she lets it hang hang down, you know, her, her ears, like, hang behind her back. Yeah. And like like little character character things that I think you know, even if uh, that character didn't have clothes on that made it clear or whatever, you would be able to tell that's supposed to be a female rabbit. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really uh, you know a really impressive character animation aspect that you that people mm-hmm. probably don't even think about. Cause... Yeah, no, I I totally get what you mean. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of really subtle subtle cues mm-hmm. in the character animation. That's something else I really enjoyed. I'm a, I'm a suck. I will I will admit I'm a sucker for character animation. If you've uh, read any of my articles on the website or uh, heard me talk about the podcast, normally when I watch anything animation uh, based, normally my the first thing I latch onto is character animation. So yeah, that's my focus. But there's still plenty of other things to enjoy too. Yeah, I think pretty much. For character animation with animal characters, I think Zootopia is the high bar for everything else oh, yes. to live up to. Uh, so, but even that was go had a lot of influence from, um, you know, the original uh, the Disney uh, Robin Hood oh, yeah. animated yeah. film. Yeah, so a lot like a lot of the stuff that we see in Zootopia got its kind of got its start there, but it was really kind of refined and even just you know given its own set of own. Uh, sense of style once it was uh, brought to the uh, third dimension and they really did a great job of capturing that mm-hmm. That that's an old favourite of mine as well the, the Disney Robin Hood <laughs> childhood favourite for sure oh heck yes um, I also I ended up watching an, an entire anime series on courtesy of the Funimation Now app and that is a a little series that I believe you also watched uh, a while back when it was airing, or after it was airing, anyway, um, a little series called My Hero Academia. Yep. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, I know it's it's got its second season now, but I just watched the the first season. Um, but I 
obviously mm-hmm. I got yeah. I got through the whole thing, so I I must have quite liked mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting having seen it uh, not that long after having watched One Punch Man, because uh, mm-hmm. they're both obviously influenced by sort of Western superhero. Thing. Yeah, but they're very different, aren't exactly. they? Exactly, but they are very different indeed, because obviously One Punch Man is more of a parody, and My Hero Academia mm-hmm. is sort of a mix of superhero tropes and your sort of more standard shonen anime slash manga tropes as well. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like an exploration and uh, homage to those kind of like you know those kind of uh um superhero uh american comics and uh yeah it's it's that's one of the reasons i love it so much i mean you like both one punch man and my hero academia both find their kind of niches in terms of this particular genre like one punch man spoofs but also kind of honors the that that kind of um you know superhero comics whereas my hero academia kind of just uh kind of embraces and explores a little bit, kind of like in a similar vein, like, um, almost in a similar vein, like Tiger and Bunny mm, was trying to do yeah. as well. In terms of, like, okay, if we have a society that is surround, you know, is surrounded by, you know, super being, uh, you know, the idea of a superhero being a profession, like, what does that entail? How does society, you know, what would society look like if that was, uh, you know, a, almost like a celebrity, like, kind of uh, job career or career? pursue yeah if you don't know it's basically set in a world where um a significant amount of the population have uh basically they call them quirks but they are they're basically superpowers mm-hmm. and uh because of that uh professional heroes um come out of the the woodwork and save the day when things are going on and there are also like monsters and super villains around and um, mm-hmm. there's basically uh, an academy um, for superheroes yes. that everyone everyone who wants to become a superhero gets in, wants to get in. And the main character is someone who who is someone without a quirk uh, initially, at least. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. he's basically a superhero fanboy, and he he wants <laughs> to become a superhero, and he's obsessed by them, and he keeps a little book, and he and he admires this uh, character called All Might who's like the big the big cheese superhero in, he's, in the area he's the, um, the equivalent of uh, Superman mm-hmm. he's very honest very just always about helping people always has a smile big big smile on his face you know you know goes out of his way to help people he is basically what they call the symbol of peace for their world in terms of the fact that he is the I- he is the ideal that all superheroes try to strive toward and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say he ends up actually going to the academy, even though he doesn't, uh, at least at first, have have a superpower of his own. Uh, yeah, but how he gets there—that—that's—that's that's the surprise. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, if anyone's still curious to check that out, we'll we'll leave that unspoiled for you. Um, but basically, it's one of these shows where it's not necessarily the concept or or the um. Uh, the idea behind it that is what makes it so great it's it's just the fact it's the execution it's just the fact that it's done so well oh yeah oh yes and it's it's really uh, really well animated uh, is it Bones animated it is that right 
Yes, yeah. it is Studio Bones. But I will let you. I will tell you this: something interesting. Um, there were two different. Like, there's multiple studios within Bones. Um, one of them did the first season, while another one did the second season. And I will let you know that when you do get to the second season, the air is a distinct animation improvement. Oh, it gets better. Nice. Yes. Because it's pretty damn good to start off with. And also, the characters are great. Um, <laughs> you basically get all these different, like all all the like the classmates of, of the main character. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's this um, <laughs> there's this frog girl who's pretty cool. Uh, oh, she's very po- she's become a very popular character. Uh, Suyu, mm-hmm. or Sue as she's preferred to be called. But yeah, she's become a very, very quickly a fan favorite, and along with a, quite a few others. But that's that's one of, the, and again, that's one of the things that drew me to this show in the first place when I was first kind of like flipping through the Funimation's catalog and trying to think like, okay, what what am I looking to get invested in? The character designs in My Hero Aka were one of the initial things that grabbed me. Like, okay, I'll watch the first two to three episodes and see how I like it. And by the second episode, I was already hooked. <laughs> And also, even though it's like a, a Shonen Jump series, whatever, there's not. It's not like getting into Naruto or something. We go, oh, right, how many episodes? Oh, no. How many episodes have I got to catch up on? Oh, nine hundred <laughs> of this season. Over nine hundred. Uh, let's not. Uh, there's basically a first season that she's own, and this is it. It's only like eleven or twelve episodes, and then. Yeah, it's very short for a first season. And then it's come back this year uh, for another batch of episodes. So, and it a bit longer. And it's it's all on Funimation. Is it on Crunchyroll as well? I'm not sure, but uh, um, I think it was Japanese on um, on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. But it's all in the dub in uh, on Funimation's website. Yeah, and it, it's it's one of those shows that works pretty well dubbed as well. I think because it's quite oh, quite yeah. Western influence, and there's some cool people on the cast, everything. So. I would say Christopher Savitz playing All Might, yeah, baby. <laughs> so I would. I'm the. Sorry, way too excited about that. <laughs> I would say if you're a fan of superhero stuff and anime and uh, all those, all that good stuff, then check out My Hero Academia season one, and then probably you want to watch season two as well, which I will. I will start on soon as well. So. Yeah, let me know what you think because I think that there's a lot of. Um, really cool things that are explored in uh, the second season. Like It did what a second season was supposed to do. It took what was started in the uh, original season and really expanded on a lot of things. Both the good, you know, good things about the uh, the superhero culture and also a lot of ne- negative things, too. So it's really worth getting into and checking that out. And like I said, there is a very noticeable animation bump in a lot of different scenes. And again, the pacing in the Excellent pacing that you mentioned it continues. And I will quickly mention uh, that I also um, have been playing a game on PlayStation 4 uh, called uh, Child of Light, uh, which is a game from Ubisoft. And it is it's basically a, a platformer, but it has got um, sort of RPG elements. But it... Mm-hmm. I th- I think it got quite a lot of attention when it came out because because of its art style. It did because uh, it's got this gorgeous um, gorgeous uh, sort of uh, picture book style, um, and it's got this brilliant opening, and it's it's got a real sort of fairy tale feel to it, and uh, you get um, like like all the dialogues rhyming and stuff like that, um, and I have. 
Yeah, it, it, it actually rhymes with it. So it, it, it really feels like you're flipping through a picture book or like a uh, a fairy tale story, and, like a like real classic fairy tale. And you get this like this like fantasy world, but you also get these like uh, these really you like you look in the background and you see a big creature stomping in the background and stuff. And, and the art style is really interesting. And um, mm-hmm. I've I haven't had a chance to play with it that much so far but I I just uh, wanted to basically if, you, if you're into games and you like platformers and you like um... RPGs yeah because that is the one thing I was like oh it's turn based combat don't like that <laughs> oh not, not a fan no I find it annoying I was like why can't I just stomp <laughs> on their heads like Mario that's what I want to do I can I can deal with that. <laughs> I don't really get turn back. I'm like, well, I'm pressing the button. What's happening? I don't know. Oh, I I I survived. That's lucky. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you like all those things, then it's it's a game worth checking out. Um, and it's it's like it's I don't is it available on disc? I know it's a digital game, but. Um, I think it's a digital download on PlayStation 4, and um, I remember I first uh, purchased it when it originally came out. I got it on Steam. And also, if you happen to be listening to this uh, in September and uh, 2017, and you're in the UK at least, uh, and you are a subscriber to PlayStation Plus, uh, it's one of the free games uh, this month, which is why I I played. Oh, see, because a, a little while ago, uh, when they did Amazon Prime Day, they had a really good deal on the, a fifteen-month membership of PlayStation Plus, and I, oh my goodness! And so I, I picked up a subscription for like thirty quid for um, fifteen months, so I could get the free games. Basically, well, free you say mm-hmm. you, you pay for it, obviously. So. I've been trying out lots, lots of different games that I wouldn't have got to play otherwise without uh, buying them. Obviously. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, and at some point I want to talk because Yvonne talked about um, when it came out until dawn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that was one of the games that came out, and I remember her talking about the animation and everything. And obviously, even though it's, it's it came out quite a while ago now. It has got some of the, like, mm-hmm. the most impressive uh, like facial animation I've ever seen. So, yeah, I'll have to check that out again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that is so cool. Yeah, uh, that will about do me for watercolor. I think. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't got too much. It's been a rather rather hectic on my plate, but I was able to get uh, a few things. One of which I have. It's been a long awaited, uh, long awaited. Uh, chance to play a specific video game that was uh, promised way back when I was uh, just graduating college and well, long before I was uh, I started beca- uh, writing on this website um, and that was uh, the video game that was uh, created by What Pumpkin Studios uh, it was uh, connected to the uh, ho- very widely popular Homestuck webcomic called Hive Swap um, there was a once as soon as uh, you know uh, Homestuck was winding down, uh, not you know, like almost through its run, there was an announcement made on the website that uh, the creator of the comic, Andrew Hussey, was starting up a Kickstarter page to try and create a um, classic you know point and click adventure game uh, 
set on the world of the comic. And so he started a Kickstarter in back in 2012, and it ran for pretty much standard Kickstarter length and netted a total of over, well over, I think it was two like, uh, $2 million. Ooh. Well over $2 million. Oh, yeah, it was a very, it was basically fully funded. I think it was 100000 was the original goal. That was fully funded within, I believe, 32 hours. <laughs> it did not take long at all. And um, basically, ever since that Kickstarter concluded, um, he had been working, you know, trying to finish the comic for the most part, but also dedicating a good bit of time to try and making sure that the game, you know, he had the money, make sure that the game got made. Um, there was a bit of uh, development. I think there was been some problems with development, like midway through, that they had to um, basically change from like seeking out another uh, video game developer to help them to uh, instead of making their own development studio in house, so that they could try and get it uh, completed on time. Um, five years later, they uh, and I believe it was just only recently released on uh, September fourteenth on Steam. And a humble bundle. Yeah. And uh, it's so far, it's um, I had a, a chance to play it. It's, it seems to have been getting uh, some pretty good uh, good publicity, and I had my own opportunity to play it um, when I was able to get it on Steam. And I will say this: this is coming from someone who is uh, who basically grew up. I was never really good at playing video games growing up, as you know, little and to the point where like the only games I could really play and complete were the ones that didn't require immediate like um you know press the button and jump and avoid falling into the pit of death but more of a sit at a computer look at a uh a landscape or uh scene point and click and investigate certain you know items in a room or you know traditional point and click adventure games and uh this definitely this game definitely scratched that itch for me because I don't think I've seen this genre of game done, at least not really, not really well at all in a, in a long, long time, or at least not in the in this particular style. And it really, it really did. It was charming animation um, that's roughly similar to the comic style, but definitely a lot more. Like it still has its own unique look to it, and very, very charming. Um, and also, even more importantly, since this is a home a homestock property, it is very funny. You can take any number of items that you collect in the narrative and try to make them interact with each other. And I'm still experimenting with what I can combine and what kind of response that I'll get from the, like, inner thoughts of the main character. And, like, oh, that's really silly. You shouldn't do that. And just, like, really, really snarky. (laughs) But it's really good. And um, it's only the very first act of, I think, a couple acts in um, a a couple-act story. But it definitely goes into a lot of, like, um, different ideas that were uh, mentioned in the Homestuck comic. And it's supposed to, according to the uh, to Andrew Hussey, this story that's being told in this uh, game is, can be, is, while it's set in the same world as Homestuck, you don't have to have read Homestuck to understand what's going on. Uh-huh. It'll, I mean, if you're familiar with it, you'll understand a lot of the references that are being made. But it still can be enjoyed by someone who has... Uh, doesn't want to or is not entirely sure if they want to invest you know their time into reading the over 800,000 pages of Homestuck in order to really enjoy the story and so far from you know what I've seen of this first act they're 100% right and they were able to nail it get the nail right on the head because I'm I think I've actually been charmed by these characters even more so than I was the original comic characters so 
good job, what Pumpkin and Andrew Hussey and everyone else who worked on this game. It's you, the work that you put into it was, you know, was not wasted. It was good effort, and I'm very much looking forward to the next couple acts in the series. Speaking of like adventure games, did you see that a few weeks ago Telltale announced their next their next batch of games they're doing? And they're doing. They didn't. I knew they were. Um, they were already up to because I know they'd finished um, the second Guardians episode. I know they were just releasing uh, the next uh, chapter in the story of Batman. Yeah. Well, uh, I did not see the whole. I did not see the whole post on what's coming after that, though. Well, they're gonna. They're doing like one more season, as they call it, of Walking Dead, and which is not uh-huh. a surprise because it's their most successful ones, I think. It's their biggest. Yeah, and I, and I think they're doing the fight. You know, the the final chapter or whatever of that. But they're also doing mm-hmm. what they're doing another season of Batman. Mm-hmm. And they're doing another one of uh, the Wolf Among Us. <gasps> yeah. At last. Oh yes. Okay, that is great news. I I don't know how I missed that because. I, but, of all the Telltale, out of everything else they've done, I love the Batman. I love the Batman series. Guardians surprised me with how much I was enjoying that. Wolf Among Us is still my favorite. I thought I remembered that like, you liked that, so I did. Ah, yes. I, know, I okay. somehow no, forgot good. to ask yes. whether you had seen that news until now. <laughs> That's okay. Now we have now we have another one of uh, Rachel's genuine reactions to yeah. exciting news yeah. on the podcast. We don't know, we don't get enough of that. Yeah. Oh no, that's good. That's that's okay. Yes. Yeah. That... Yes. Two th- as 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 a certain um, uh, Greek god once said, two thumbs way way up. <laughs> yeah. So those are their their big releases for next year, I think. So there you go. I'm very good. <laughs> I'm I'm very Ooh. excited for another Wolf Among Us actually. Because I, I was a big fan that, of that. Yeah, I... Yeah, because, I mean, it's very... It's very different from a lot of the other uh, Telltale uh, projects that have been previously... I mean, they've, they've had so many. There's Minecraft, there's Tales of the Borderlands, there's, um, you know, of course, The Walking Dead, which is the biggest, most popular one. But, I don't know, there was just something about Wolf Among Us that was just different from what they had done beforehand. I don't know if it was just because they were trying to recapture the um, the comic that it's based mm-hmm. on, the Fables comic, which I only got into after playing The Wolf Among Us. So, about that from Telltale Games, who might be, may or may not be listening to this podcast, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, because that is, that really, you know, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, but no, it was just, there's just something really special about how they handled the narrative. It just really kind of kept me guessing on what's going on. And how things were going to resolve, but it wasn't, you know, it still wasn't 100% tied to the comic to, you know, have to, you know, try to retrace the steps of, you know, stuff, stories that the comic had told, which was really, really good. Yeah, so maybe. Felt a lot more organic. So maybe when that comes out, we'll be playing along. Keep talking about that. Yep, yeah. oh yeah. You'll, you'll hear, hear from me first when that comes out. <laughs> I will. Probably as soon as they put the pre-order up, I'm like, okay, and getting that right now. <laughs> and the most hilarious thing, I will not be the only one who's excited to play that game. I got both my um, my dad and his sister oh, into playing that game. Very cool. This has become like a family thing, and it's great. It's very cool. 
one last thing before we peace out for the day. Um, one film I was able to uh, had the opportunity to watch. It was a Japanese film that came back came out in believe in 2010 that I had never heard of before. But I just I just heard I kind of heard it through the grapevine, and then I had an opportunity to watch it, and then I just you know like okay I'll tune in and see what's going on. Um, it's called um, You Are Umaso or Omae Umaso Dana, which is basically translates to um, You Are Yummy <laughs> or You Are Tasty in uh, <laughs> in English. Because Umaso that's what Umaso means. And um, <laughs> the basic premise of this movie it's a um, it's definitely a, a film for, like, I would say, probably, you know, children. Like, an animated, an animated children's film for, uh, Jap- you know, Japanese audiences. And uh, it's based off, because it's based off a uh, picture book. A Japanese picture book by the same title. And it takes place in um, the Cretaceous period. So, lots of dinosaurs. And the setting, or the story premise, basically announced to a mother myosaur finds an abandoned egg and takes it back to her nest and decides to raise it on her own. Well, she protects the eggs, the egg catches, she has one of her own hatch, and the uh, egg she saved hatches to reveal a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh-oh. Yep. Um, so, even though she's nervous about keeping the baby T-Rex around, because, you know, he might grow up to one day be, you know, eat both her and her other uh, son, she decides to continue raising him um, to try and be a plant eater. Which, with varying degrees of success, because he will not eat plants, um, he will only eat berries and uh, lizard tails. <laughs> but uh, as the story of the as the story progresses, he becomes more aware of who and what he is, and eventually to the point where he becomes so terrified that he does. Yet he will eat his uh, adoptive brother and mother. That he actually runs away from. He runs away from home, and he grows up trying to be a you know the T Rex that he's supposed to be. But one day he happens upon an own, his own abandoned egg, just lying out there in the wilderness. He cracks it open, hoping to eat the ba- you know the hatchling inside, which is a baby ankylosaurus. And he basically looks at it and says, "You look delicious," or "You look umaso." <laughs> and the little ankylosaurus looks up at him with the most adorable baby eyes I have ever seen in an anime. <laughs> latches onto his leg and just starts calling him "Daddy, Daddy." <laughs> And so we have, and, and basically the whole premise of the movie is, or the title of the movie is the fact that the baby Ankylosaurus now thinks its name is Umaso. <laughs> <laughs> Umaso is his name, and it just we go with the rest of the movie with uh, him, so that that being his name, and it's it's you can kind of like you can get it from the the synopsis that I'm giving you. It is a very cute movie. It is you know that the fact that it's based on a children's uh, children's picture book and. This kind of scenario, that definitely, you know, it kind of feels like the, the kind of warm and fuzzies that I got watching The Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, so like, you know, children love dinosaurs, I love dinosaurs. But the thing that really made it stood out to me is the fact, you know, one thing that it really tackles, or at least how it handles the whole dynamic, the fact that you've got basically two generations of, like, you know, a uh, character that, you know, that was supposed to be one thing or was raised to be another but not really, you know, that's not really what he's supposed to be. Kind of you know, that kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. It's it's very the way it handles that particular issue is very I think it was I was surprised. It was a lot more mature than I gave originally gave it credit for. Because 
there's a question that's posed to the main character um, later on in the film when he's co- uh, confronted by his uh, long lost sibling later in the movie, basically saying, you know, you know, do you eat other dinosaurs? Basically, the fact like, do you eat creatures like me? And the T Rex goes, yeah, but only you know, if I if I don't, I'll die. Mm-hmm. But at least I get to choose what I eat. It's it was really it really surprised me in the way it kind of handled that and. Again, the animation was just utterly charming and cute, and obviously it, you can't take it too seriously because you'll have scenes where you have these, you know, T-Rex designs basically doing these elaborate, you know, not only say elaborate fight scenes, but just like T-Rex is doing things that I don't think T-Rexes were ever meant to do, like use their legs to kick <laughs> things, like a martial artist. <laughs> but I will say this, it's fun. It's cute, and it's fun, and if that's what you're looking for in an animated film, then by God, this film's got it in spades. Cute. So, yeah, if you have a way to support this movie or find a way to check it out, then I highly recommend doing so. And I think that's that about does it for today. Okay. Unless you have anything else you want to add? Uh, don't think so. Uh. Alright. Nope. <laughs> all right then i guess that'll be where we leave our uh dear listeners for today uh thank you very much for tuning in uh if you want to check into our other podcast episodes they are available on our main website animationforadults.com under our podcast tab you can also find the episodes on podcast.com itunes and stitcher if you want to keep up to date with articles um, coming up down the line for our website uh, through our, via our social medias, we are on Facebook, Twitter at AFA Blog. Uh, give me a second, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you'd like to support the website and uh, help us create new features for the website, we uh, you may we're more than happy to visit our Patreon page and become a patron, and we'll also get access to early uh, podcast episodes as they come out. And if you're not entirely sure if you want to be uh, invested in Patreon, you're more than welcome to uh, go to the website Coffee and uh, buy us a virtual cup of coffee and help us support our uh, features coming down the line. And Chris, where can we find you on social media if anyone wants to follow you personally? You, you could find me at Mr. Chris Dore on Twitter or Facebook. And you can find me, I'm primarily on Twitter, um, at Fail2Ninja. For any of our listeners who were tuned in on our last episode of the AFA podcast, uh, don't forget uh, the film festivals that are coming down the line um, later at the end of September into October. And feel free to visit those web- uh, the main websites of those film festivals to check out their tickets and features and support them. Thank you very much for tuning in for this episode of the AFA podcast. We will see you on the next one. Take care. <laughs>